0: Greetings, everybody. It's a great blessing for me to come to you today. Today, we're going to talk about a new creation and the practical implications of that in the here and now. I would like for you to brace yourself for a radical message that uh, that can shake uh, your heart. It is going to be something that you will have to go and pray about and talk to God about. I do believe that this is something that we can take into the here and now, and uh, it can bring true freedom for us. I think that the church in broad has not taken this message of the new creation to heart. They've just made it something spiritual, and I don't want to exclude myself. Uh, I've preached a spiritual recreation for a long time and not a physical recreation, and that brings us to a lot of pain and hurt not knowing how to deal with certain difficult situations. Today's message is a message that will help every person, uh, doesn't matter on which side of the political spectrum you stand, to focus on Jesus and to get rid of what binds you as pertaining to to the normal things in this world this message is about the kingdom of god and it coming into this world the bible clearly says in mark chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 that after john the baptist was jailed jesus went and said the time is now fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent for the kingdom of god is at hand and believe the gospel so when the kingdom of god is at hand we need to look at that kingdom of god as a kingdom that is not of this world but that it is in this world and as we realize that we will be set free from all the fears and the turmoil that there is in this world and we will have a new way wherein we can look at ourselves wherein we can be truly free from the bondages of the things of this world where we can truly live as if Jesus was raised from the dead, and not just as if he was raised from the dead uh, intellectually, but as if he was raised from the dead, talking about the power of the resurrected Christ influencing us in everyday life. Uh, what I'm about to say will touch your heart. I want to read from Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to read uh, verse 13. It says here, for whether we are beside ourselves, it is because of God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Now, what he's talking about here when he talks about being beside himself, it it simply means he relates to himself not as a Jew. He physically, in the physical, he relates to himself as a person that is recreated, that finds a new birth bodily. He's bes- beside himself. But, uh, and this is seen, and it was seen in that time, as not really um, being sober. You are drunk. You are um, delusional. There's something wrong with you. What are you talking about? And that is what Paul is referring to here, basically. And that's how I see that scripture many people have referred to the scripture as you know being drunk as uh, praying in tongues and walking as a drunk man at a church service rolling on the ground and those kind of things being drunk in the spirit now being drunk in the spirit to me would be that i am seen as not sober in my mindset by the people of this world on account of the logic that i follow uh, as pertaining to mankind and the work of jesus uh we today if somebody comes and, and he's if, if people today would come and say you know you can be born again bodily he would say are you drunk that's the kind of kind of a thing you know when you make a very radical statement that doesn't seem logical to the systems of this world people say are you drunk and that is what Paul, I believe, is talking about here. He says here, for, where, for whether we be beside ourselves, we, we beside ourselves. That means the ourselves was referring to Jews. We are now not walking as Jews anymore. We are walking as a new physical creation. We beside ourselves. It is because of God, it is on account of God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. In other words, you, uh, w- when we refer to ourselves as Jews and you as Gentiles and all those things, it is simply to try and reach you to come to a higher place, a better place. It says, for the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead. If one died for all, then were all dead. Now, who did Jesus die for and who is the all that he's referring to here? I believe he's referring to all people as individuals, but he also has in his mind the concept of uh, uh, tribes, tongues, nations. He says that if one died, then all died. That means that Israel died in Jesus or the Jewish nation the descendants of Abraham the physical descendants of Abraham that came to an end and the Jewish nation as a nation came to an end in the death of Jesus in the very same way uh, all other tongues and tribes and nations came to an end in Jesus and he formed one new people group before God so if we are beside ourselves it is because of God you know but if we are now going and we are a jew for the jew and a gentile for the gentile that is for your cause for the purpose of reaching you so that you can come to the better place because and the reason we are at a place where we can be beside ourselves is because of god and uh, this thing that god has done is is in christ reconciling the whole world unto himself and also bringing this ministration of reconciliation to us verse 15 and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves that means that after christ has died that the jew should not anymore live unto him being a jew or the gentile not living unto himself being a gentile Or the white person living unto himself as a white, I'm living white, or I'm living black. There's a new point of reference. Now, you might say, Bertie, but are you drunk? What are you talking about? This drunkenness that you might think I'm in is because I'm living unto God. It might not sound as if I'm in a sober mind saying these things, but I want to tell you it is on account of God. Let's go on. And you can already see how radical this is going to be. We're going to take this right into uh, the here and now and how this applies to everyday life. It says here, verse 15, and he and that he died for all, and this is the purpose why he died for all, a day that we should not henceforth live unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. What that means is that our point of reference would not be our ethnicity or our people group, but the resurrected Jesus. Now, when Paul says these things, he's not talking about a spiritual message. He's talking about something that is true and real Paul didn't think of Jesus as spiritually raised from the dead Paul didn't think of the physical body of Jesus as now abandoned in the whole project and that there's it's all about just the sweet by and by and all of that no he knew Jesus was raised and he knew that the resurrected Jesus is the amalgamation or the, the 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 union between heaven and earth and that is how it will look when Heaven and Earth comes together. If you want to know what Heaven and Earth looks like when it comes together, it is in the resurrected, glorified Jesus seated at the right hand of God. That's what it looks like, and he now sees us in him, and he sees that that is taking over the earth and all our physicality making everything new and he believes it to the point that that is his point of reference that the it became the only solution for the world to Paul, that according to Paul, that there would not be a political solution at all, that there's only one solution. And I think the church has the church has has, has been trapped into thinking that there that there are political solutions. There is no such a thing. It is a myth. It is, um, it, it is a, a theory that, it's not even a theory, a theory is, is, has got proof behind it. It is just a hypothesis that has got no substance at all. I don't even know if you can call it an hypothesis. It is just a dream that there is something like political solutions to anything. There is not such a thing. If there was political solutions to anything, Christ died in vain and his resurrection is just for nothing. God knows what the solution for this world is. The solution for this world is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The gospel of grace is the solution for this world. And it's not something we must do. It is something that has happened and which is declared in the world. And should people believe it, they'll have a life formed by it. It's not if they believe it, they'll live according to it. No, if they believe it, they'll have a life that is formed and shaped by the kingdom of God. And so everything is made new by the doing of God. That is the solution. The head of, let me put it this way, the head of things going forward in the world is Jesus and then the church preaching the gospel that I preach now that is how it works we are being deceived in thinking that the church is something that's happening here and then we've got politics and and i, I don't know it's like i can only use in my in my mind i see this Here's the world and its systems, and here's the church somewhat, somehow trying to make a difference. You don't have to try, try and make a difference. The church is not called to make a difference. The difference has been made in Christ. Let us believe on that difference. Let us preach that difference, and we will see the difference being manifested in those that believe the gospel, where God is God, man. Hallelujah. Okay for the love of Christ constrains us because we are of this judgment that if one died for all, then all are dead. And that he that died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Are you living unto who you are as a ethnic group? Now, it doesn't say, and, I, and please don't hear me saying that I'm telling you that you should stop to live like that. I'm not saying that you should stop to live like that. I'm saying that you should get the revelation of what Christ has done. And once you get the revelation of what Christ has done and who you truly are, then that will stop by itself. Amen. But live unto him which died for them and rose again wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh now listen to what he says here this is of such a powerful truth that paul says i know no man after the flesh and what he's talking about here is ethnicity he says i don't know any jew or gentile anymore now he's going to stretch the point as the verse goes on yes though we have known christ after the flesh Yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Paul says, I don't know Jesus as a Jew anymore. And I know no man that way anymore. And I preach to all people the kingdom of God. So I don't deal with people on ethnicity and ethnic groups and all those kind of things. I deal with them on the basis of what Christ has done for us. And that is the only solution, church. anything else." is temporal, man-made, and shall, and, and will be proven to be like the flower of the field. It's there today, but the moment heat is put on it, it is gone. It is absolutely gone. South Africa, we've got most some of the most beautiful wildflowers now. And as beautiful as what it is today, if that sun, sun comes out and a hot wind starts to blow over it. It's two days and it's gone. It's just gone. That's just the way it is. In the very same way it would be with any other system. Let's continue. It says here, wherefore henceforth we know no man after the flesh, Yes, yet we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now we don't know him like that. Imagine you don't know Jesus as a Jew anymore. So if you don't know Jesus as a Jew anymore, Then you cannot know the Jew as the Jew anymore. Neither can you know the Gentile as the Gentile anymore. For South Africans, you cannot know the Zulu as a Zulu anymore. And the Zulu is a believer will not live unto his ethnic group anymore and his systems. I don't know myself as a South African. I don't know myself as that. Am I a South African? According to the laws of the country and everything, yes. But that is not my point of reference when it comes to myself. You might say, but Bertie, you're drunk. What's wrong with you? The, the same th- Paul even said it about himself. If you want to get drunk, get drunk on the spirit of God, which was poured out on all flesh, which might sound to people as if you've lost your mind. But this is the reality that the Apostle Paul lived in. This is what he died for. He, he, he was killed for this. This was the truth. But if you say these things, it might not be politically correct. It might, might uh, oppress people and it might be too, a bit too radical. Well, I am not elevated above the Apostles and um, you are not elevated above the people that was persecuted and that was laughed at and mocked for what they believed we preach this for it is the truth it is reality of the kingdom of god this is what gives me life this is what makes me uh not throw all the toys out of the out of the cot when i um when when i see something on the news or when something doesn't go my way because my reference point is the truth truth of jesus which is not a theory it is a reality therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature or a new creation so when when we are in christ and paul refers to new creation he's not referring to our spirits no he's referring to physicality because jesus was not known after the flesh anymore as a jew yet jesus has flesh so does jesus have flesh today yes was his flesh risen from the dead yes is he physical today yes does he have a physical body yes if jesus was not physically raised and doesn't have a physical body then we are still dead in our sins and our faith vain, and we are the most pitiable of all people, Paul says. Is there a resurrection for our flesh? Yes. Do we r- relate to ourselves according to the flesh? No. What does that mean to Paul? It doesn't mean that we're not relating to physicality. It means we're not relating to ethnicity. And the systems of the world up to then, which was Jew Gentile separation. That is what he's talking about. We are still referring to Jesus as pertaining to the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him where the fullness of the Godhead is bodily, but we are not referring to what kind of body was made new, uh, you know, or prior to the new creation taking place. Jesus, when he died, entered such a depth of death that his resurrection cannot be described as anything else, but a new creation and this man jesus was now newly created the old body was used and then newly created unto a body that is uh, that's above sin and death and all those things above temptation and from that new creation those that are in him are newly created and it doesn't exclude our bodies to the point that paul says that bodily physically we cannot even refer to people in their ethnicity anymore this is a very relevant truth for the church today. It's very relevant for the church today. Now, let's go on. I will get to the relevance of it in practical examples in the last 10 minutes of, of this message. It says, therefore, then, and that all things. Now, listen to this. Verse 17 first. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old have passed away. Behold, the spiritual things has become new. No, no. Behold, all things have become new. You you, might say, you surely don't want to refer to the physical as becoming new. I want to say this. Although the physical has not manifested its newness yet we are already seeing the first signs of its newness in the fact that we are bearing the fruit of the spirit but there's no way i can not refer to the manifestation of the physical newness as well because that is what it is all about yet i find that the outer outer man is perishing yet the inner man is renewed day by day that talks about the mind that is being renewed onto this truth as i refer to myself in the reality of the resurrected jesus okay let's put it this way another angle second corinthians 3 18 for us who look into the glory of god we look as into a mirror okay now in a mirror who do you see you see yourself when we look into the glory meaning without the law what does it mean without the law we're not referring to ourselves according to jew gentile anymore but we're referring to ourselves as as seen in the glorified bodily raised jesus as we behold that we are changed into the very same image so Yes, we are not there, but we are being changed into what we are beholding, where there is no Jew or Gentile, black or white, or any of those things. As we see that as in a mirror, a mirror is, I see that image right now, and that's the reality about me right now, and that's how I refer to it. And then as by that spirit of life, we are then changed into the same by the spirit. That is what he's saying. So I don't have any other reference point, And I think the church should start to preach that as the reality and the truth. That means that when we look at solutions for problems, we are not looking for it outside of this reality. The truth is that the only solution would then be Jesus and a belief in the gospel. That's the only solution. Amen. Hey, verse 18. It says, and all these new things. You say, is you want to just say everything is new, even the body. John 3, 16. John 3, 3. What does John 3 say? He says to Nicodemus, don't be amazed that I tell you you must be born again. What did Nicodemus hear? That he must be bodily reborn, man. How can I go a second time into my mother's womb and my body be born there? Nicodemus don't be amazed that I tell you, you must be born again. Yes, your body was born from your mother, but your body now needs to be born from God. That's what needs to to take place. Now, we who believe in God, we are born again of this new hope we have. How can we then refer to ethnicity in reality as what people that are not believing in Jesus do how can we uh, try and find solutions for problems in this world politically outside of how can we outside of the reality of God how can we be drawn into these lies church we cannot we should not we should be very careful okay then we go on verse 9 verse 18 and all things are of God you might say that you know all these new things you talk about listen all these things are of God It's not me. It is God. This is God's way of doing things. This is what God has done. Our God is so great and mighty and there's nothing we can do about it. This is what he has decided. This is what he has brought for us. Amen. Now he says, I am here to witness that God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we as ambassadors for Christ, so who are we ambassadors for? I can never be an ambassador for a certain physical nation. I'm an ambassador for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled unto God. So God has reconciled the whole world unto himself. But there are people that are not acknowledging this reconciliation. And now he says, acknowledge this reconciliation, that God is the one that makes all flesh new, that God is the one that stops sinning you, that God is the one that makes everything new. And we cannot relate to that. Now, for the practical application. Uh, today's message is going to be a shorter message Uh just another 10 minutes to go if we look at south africa today and we look at what's happening in our nation and we're looking at a model wherein we can help people the only true model is to teach and this is the practical part to teach the white people they're not white they are sons of god where they don't relate to themselves according to the flesh which would mean practically, and, and I'm going to use an example of a, a, a friend, Eliana and I have, that is a German lady. And she said to me, you know, she she understands the good news very, very well. And we were just talking about accents and as we travel the world and everything. And what she said is she's got a strong German accent. She's a German. She grew up there, was there all her life. When she travels different places in the world, when you have a German accent, she felt that it's kind of she wished and most germans or a lot of germans have that they wish that they could have a different accent they're not a german accent because the german accent is connected to hitler and the germans and the nazis and what happened there so there's a shame that is being carried now but the reality of the gospel is if we are a new creation we can't cannot refer to ourselves according to the physicality of th- that comes from this world what ethnic group you from what nation you are from you cannot refer to i cannot refer to myself as a south african anymore and from there define what's righteous and not righteous not as a Christian. I can say I am a South African according to the laws of this country, but I am of a different system. I'm of a different kingdom. I am in this world, and because I'm in this world, you can define me in this world according to the world system. But that's not what I refer to when I think about myself. So others can call me South Africans, but I don't call myself that in the place where I find my true identity. I find my true identity in the reality that comes from God. That would mean that every German today can be free from shame in one moment in the realization of the truth by saying, I am not a German. You might call me a German, but according to God, I'm not. And according to God, I am a new creation. And God took the German and recreated the German. I'm using Germany now as an example, but now let's get to South Africa. If I look at my life as a South African, I want to say this to South Africans. If I look at my life and I look at what happened politically in South Africa under the apartheid system and all of that, I'm not going to carry the shame of that. No. You might say, but Bert, you're not taking up your responsibilities. No, no. My responsibility is to believe in Jesus and have a life born from him. That's my responsibility. I don't have any other responsibility. It's not my responsibility to heal anybody else's heart. It is God that will heal you. I cannot heal you. And I'm not going to make myself the savior. I cannot set you free. God's not going to rob you from having a personal relationship with him in me healing you. I cannot heal you. I cannot relate to you in any other form but what Christ has done. So the answer is the preaching of the gospel, the bringing of the truth of the kingdom and that people believe that and that's how true freedom will come. And no other way, my friend, no other way. So to me, I'm not going to carry the shame of that. Neither am I going to look at what my great grandfathers has done in South Africa through the apartheid system, oppressing people and everything. And then from that perspective, relate to myself as a South African. And now I must make some form of a restitution or retribution or payment or whatever, because that's who I am. And I am indebted. I refuse to carry that. I refuse to carry that. I will not carry that. I am new. I am a citizen of heaven. And when I look at what happened in the old man, and I looked at oppression, everything, because of the compassion that's in my heart, because I'm a new man, I can help people that are oppressed and that have been oppressed, that are suffering. But the first thing that I will teach them is that you are not the oppressed because yes, maybe somebody did take something from you in the past or put you under Jim Crow laws or or did all those things. But let me tell you of something greater that happened. There was a man that died for you 2000 years ago on a cross that has taken away all sin and all death that was raised from the dead who is the lord over the earth who has not looked at your trespasses who doesn't impute trespasses to you that has offered you eternal life that loves you with all his heart and that has also happened to you 2000 years ago so now let's look at what is the greatest thing and the biggest thing you've got the kingdom of the almighty that has come your way that takes away the old man and makes everything new that offers a new birth bodily to you, offers you eternal life and makes you the heir of the whole world. And now you want to find your life based on what someone else did to you. Let me use practical example uh, towards myself. What the English did to us as Afrikaners in oppressing us, in uh, putting my Uh, great 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 grandmothers and people in the uh, concentration camps and all those things you want me to find my life on what happened there and what i could have had in this world if that wasn't there you want me to find my life in that but i can find my life in the resurrected jesus i will not find my life in this little thing man it's nothing compared to what god has given me compared to what god has brought me by that i'm not saying that we cannot love on those that are suffering and those kind of things we do that not from guilt because if we do it from guilt we are in the flesh and we will bear the fruit of the flesh and we'll become legalistic and we will destroy our own lives What we do is we look at the new creation and the first thing we as Christians teach those that has been oppressed is their identity in Jesus where they can have freedom from Christ. We cannot be anybody's savior. We cannot save people from hurt and pain. Jesus saves them from hurt and pain. You know, let me put it this way, practical. I've got three boys. They've heard the gospel since they opened their eyes, only the gospel of grace. They've never, never been in a house where there was law preached, not one day to them. I have the fruit of the spirit in my life in loving them. I love them. I'm good to them. I, I provide for them. I'm, I'm a father. I counsel. I, I'm good to them with everything that I can be born from God. But in order for them to have peace, they cannot have it from me loving them. They're going to have peace from believing in Jesus and being born from him. And that's how it's going to work. There's no other way. There is no other way. That is how the kingdom of God works. And as we preach this truth, people will be set free. No government can bring us peace, man. It is impossible. It is impossible. Doesn't matter who's in power. You're still stuck with yourself you, every person needs to come to the realization that Jesus died, he was raised the resurrection is has everything to do with bringing forth a new physical creation of which we are part of now as we believe to the point that we cannot even relate to Jesus as a Jew or any person according to the physical you might say, but are you drunk I am." according to the systems of this world drunk but i'm sober as pertaining to the logic of god let us preach this gospel church let us believe this gospel you are a new creation you're a new creation under a new jurisdiction in afrikaans we call it uh i don't know what that is in 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 english uh, but it basically means to right the wrongs of the past The only writing of wrongs that can take place that can satisfy the human heart is the writing is the correcting of the wrong that took place in Adam and that was corrected by the resurrected Jesus. And let us take that as the reality. And as we submit to that, and and, and I end off by saying this, as we are reconciled unto God God has reconciled us unto himself but I as an ambassador of the kingdom of God am pleading with you be reconciled unto God man have the identity have your identity in Jesus not in the political things especially in South Africa don't have your identity in being black You're going to, if your identity is in being black and that you find that righteousness is revealed in what the government does to blacks and how they help and you're never going to be happy. I'm just saying it straight out. You're never going to be happy. And if you're a white person in South Africa and your identity is in I am white and you are looking at what you now call injustices being done by the government towards you get your focus on jesus if you wait for the government to fall in line you're never going to be happy you're never going to be happy the systems of this world cannot produce joy unless you can be happy doesn't matter what the government does Uh, having a life born from God, looking at people like the apostle Paul and those people, they were killed and they died. And when they died, they they had joy saying, what a glorious thing that we were counted worthy to be killed. (laughs) That sounds as if a person is crazy or drunk out of his own mind, but that is because of God, because of what he's done. If, if if you are an American and you're waiting for the police system to change before you can have peace, I want to tell you, you're going to wait forever. You're going to wait forever. If you're an American, and you're waiting for the police system, you, 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 you want to protect the police system as it is now. There's always going to be an onslaught for it to change. You're never going to live in peace. Why don't you just stand back and say, my identity is fully in Christ. He is the one that where i am safe if I'm, if I'm not safe under any circumstance i'm not safe at all having your identity in christ you are a new creation you are not saved by the works of the law or the structures of this world you are safe in christ by the resurrection power of jesus that protects you amen and amen Thank you so much that I could minister this message to you and just serve you with the good news of Jesus Christ. Let us just pray together. Father, I want to thank you that I can say this prayer as you've taught us to pray in Jesus. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And I know, Lord, your kingdom is already now manifesting in this world and we acknowledge it. Thank you for that. Your will be done in our lives and thank you lord that it is now on earth as it is in heaven as we behold the resurrected jesus which is not a jew we say now it is like that on earth for us who are in you and thank you lord that we are we receive our daily bread today which is to say that we eat the body of jesus and we drink his blood daily acknowledging that we live from christ and nothing else thank you lord that our trespasses are forgiven as all people as we forgive all people thank you lord that we see ourselves as much in need of salvation as anybody else and that we are not saved by our own works thank you for that lord thank you lord that you are so good for yours is the kingdom yours is the glory yours is the honor yours is the power forever and ever amen and to no other amen and amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to serve you with the good news of Jesus Christ today. This was challenging, but I wanted to go and pray about it. Ask God if what I preached is true or not. God bless.